0: Amen. Thank you, Tanner. Welcome to Connect Church. Man, we are so glad to have you guys with us here this morning. My name is Terry Pierce, and we are in the Gospel of Luke, God's Got a Plan for Your Life sermon series. And so thank you for diving into that. Now, we did have a little bit. It wasn't a straight-out lie, uh, but uh, I told uh, if you listen to the podcast, uh, tune into that, uh, download that every week. And so you get to hear us uh, sort of be crazy. Uh, We may not be talking as much about basketball this week. But anyway, um, the uh, truth, man is is that I said on the podcast that you know we were going to be finishing up chapter seven but the more I studied the more the Holy Spirit changed the direction and said no uh, you preached that uh, in September uh, uh, tailgate Sunday actually uh, so if you want to hear the end of how chapter seven finishes out go back and listen on our sermon playback podcast. Download the app, and uh, all of our messages, all of the stuff that we're preaching is on that uh, podcast app, so you can check it out, listen to all that. If you're having trouble sleeping at night, download the sermon podcast app, and I guarantee you, uh, it'll put you out. It works better than melatonin. No. Not melanoma. Melatonin. Melatonin. Anyway, so it works better than cancer. Uh, Anyway, sorry. Uh, But it works. uh, It'll knock you out, uh, and it'll help you sleep well. So check that out. Uh, Go and listen to our sermons, and uh, uh, I need to move on. Uh, Anyway, so here we are this morning, and speaking of listening to stuff correctly uh, and uh, talking correctly, we're now in Luke chapter 8. Uh, Now get this. Now this is important, and I want all the ladies in the room to listen this morning. Uh, very important is Dr. Luke begins to tell a story in Luke chapter 8 of Jesus preaching on listening and hearing truth He begins with like an editor's note Rebecca And he puts three verses in here that none of the other Gospels I guarantee you probably never heard anybody preach on this and the first three verses talk about women before he gets to the subject of listening so we're going to get there in just a second i'm going to connect the dots for you but let's just look at the first three verses uh let's bring them up shane and here's the first three verses of luke chapter 8 it's an interesting place because it sort of doesn't fit but i think it does all right soon afterward he went through the cities and the villages proclaiming the bringing the good news of the kingdom of god and the 12 are with him and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, Jonah, the wife of whoever that dude's name is, Herod's household manager, and Susanna, uh, and many others who provided them out of their own means. Now, here's what happens in the text Je- uh, Luke tells us about three women, there's many women who are following Jesus at this point. And he says, let me tell you the names of these three women. Now, I think it's significant that he gives us these three names. And here's what I believe why this is important for you guys. First of all, he mentions the name of Mary Magdalene. So who is that? And she is a woman that we know from not only the text, but other Bible scholarship, that she was a woman who was demon-possessed. Some Bible scholars argue that she was quite possibly a prostitute. She was at least, at best, a woman from the wrong side of the tracks. Y'all know what I'm talking about. She was a woman that had a past, and may I dare say, she was a woman who was wild. She was a woman who uh, nobody wanted to hang out with. She's the kind of woman that if she came to church, y'all would go, oh no, uh uh-uh, we don't have them kind of women in our church. And yet, Dr. Luke says, I'm telling you, this woman is following Jesus, because she met a man who didn't treat her like trash, who didn't treat her for something that he could get from her. He met a man, she met a man who forgave her of her past, who set her free, and she was welcome to follow Jesus. And may I dare say, I don't care what your past is, ladies, today. I don't care what your reputation was. If it's good enough for Jesus for you to follow him, you're good enough to be in Connect Church. Can I get a witness? Amen. And so she represents all the unchurched women who weren't good enough, but good enough for Jesus. I love that. Then the second woman that is talked about in the text is a lady by the name of Joanna. Now her husband and herself work for King Agrippa. They are in upper management. They're managing the palace day-to-day activities. This lady, I think, represents women who follow Christ, who are very successful, have done well in their careers, and have just accomplished a great deal. And yet, even in her position, she realized it wasn't fulfilling and meeting all my needs. There had to be something more than being a highly successful career woman. I needed Jesus. And she gave up in her case her vocation to support the ministry of jesus her and the other women were literally giving the resources so that jesus and the disciples could minister and do the miracles and the healing of those around them and then there's a third woman that is mentioned in these first three v- verses and her name is susanna she was a southern jew and uh, susanna The story on her is we have no freaking idea. We don't know anything about Susanna. She's not mentioned anywhere in other scholarship and historians, Josephus. Nothing is said about Susanna. So I've got a little theory this morning, and the Bible scholars that are right agree with me, that Susanna represents all the women who follow Jesus and in the church who didn't come from the wrong side of the tracks, Who weren't the bad girl who weren't necessarily highly successful in the marketplace but they're the ladies who fly under the radar and I love this they're the ladies who just go to work and do their jobs they serve in the nursery they help out in children's church serve coffee do whatever greeters and nobody ever sees their name up in lights Nobody ever recognizes them. They just show up, and they serve God, and they love him, and they follow him, and they don't get a big pat on the back or any glory. They're just faithful women who support the ministry of Jesus. Isn't that awesome? And so we want you to know at Connect Church with Dr. Danny Aiken, brilliant New Testament scholar, and here's what he says in describing what he thinks this first three uh, verses are about. He says the Christian church... Would have never gotten off the ground if it were not for women. I love that. Churches around the world have closed their door, would have closed their doors generations ago if it were not for the ladies, including Connect Church. In a culture in Jesus' day, where women were treated like second-class citizens, ladies, you need to know that the Father and the Son adore you. And they have a rightful position in the New Testament that he exalts the role of women in the church. And he says, blessed are those who faithfully follow and support the ministry. And we want you to know at Connect Church, thank you. Not only do we thank you for supporting the ministry here, but we want want to encourage women to discover all the glory that Jesus places on you and the value that you have. And so here's what we do for you, ladies. We have over 20 discipleship groups. The majority of those are women's discipleship groups. And we have ladies discipling other women just like you, pouring into you and saying the value of a godly woman who wants to follow jesus love him and serve him and we want to help you be better wives be better moms and help you in the workplace and raise your kids and folks ladies we want you to know that we value join a d group uh, started a group and disciple other ladies because this is the value that we believe that the Word of God is placed upon you and we feel the same here at Connect Church now all of that said is introduction but you got to ask the question why did dr. Luke when he's getting ready to tell the sermon of Jesus why did he James start with stories about three women that seemed to, it's almost like an editor's note. If you were reading this, it doesn't make sense grammatically. So here's my theory. Is that Luke knew that women listened to Jesus better than us men? And I have emphatic evidence to back this up because this week I went on social media and I asked our church family, uh, need help with a sermon. I need some sermon illustrations about in your home whoever men and women children whatever i need you all to just i didn't put any gender identity on any of this i just said whoever tell me about stories in your household of your spouse or your kids not listening when you're talking and oh boy did you guys back up dr luke in this text 95 percent of the respondents were women and apparently, we men are not listening. I'm just telling you, the women blew up the social media feed. So maybe Dr. Luke was onto something here. Uh, women listen better to men, according to that. And, I, and according to you guys, y'all are totally backing up the scripture. Because here's what the women said. And I'm just going to tell you right out front, le- fellas, they're angry. <laughs> and so here's what they said about us not listening. One wife wrote emphatically, he doesn't listen to anything or everything. Take your pick. You can just hear the attitude and the head shake and the writing. Another one wrote, I can look straight at my son and tell him to go do the dishes, and he will walk smack into the kitchen and get a snack out and say, and then come back in the room and go, oh, I forgot. What did you tell me to do? Moms, can I get a witness here this morning? Amen. The women are getting fired up this morning right now, even as I speak. Another wife and mom said, whenever I speak in general, neither my son or my husband, listen. Another wife said, her husband, he just always says, huh? (laughs) How many of you are married to the... Huh, guy. All they, every time you talk to them, huh? You, you, you're pretty sure that their elevator didn't go all the way to the top. Anyway, so we guys got that now, huh? All right. Another woman said, <laughs> He just ignores me. While another one said, I tell my husband something, he doesn't respond. So I ask him, Why are you ignoring me? <laughs> and this is the one, it's not a good one, guys, but he goes, I was just thinking. I don't think it's going to help you out, dude. Another woman, now this one was sort of angry. She just said, everybody in our house apparently is deaf. <laughs> because nobody listens to me. <laughs> Amen, chop? All right, anyway. So <laughs> one woman, is on social media. One woman said, she talks to her husbands. I don't know who this guy is. But, uh, no, I talked to her husband. So <laughs> Did I really say husbands? Did I really? Oh, okay. All right, let's edit that out. Where's Jonathan! All right, anyway, don't put that on. Uh, anyway, moron. Anyway, so she talks to her husband. One woman said she talks to her husband. I don't know who this guy is. I just, I got so excited because this guy is, he's got to be the guy with the black eye here this morning that when she talks to him, he puts on his headphones. Yeah. Right, look for the guy with the black eye. And then uh, we have another couple. I won't mention their names, but when she talks to her husband, he just goes, No way, Jose. <laughs> Thank you, Hector. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and no, no comprende. <laughs> anyway, I just added that. Anyway. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I've offended everybody. One lady said when she yells at her husband, Are you listening? He just responds, I thought you were talking to the dog. Yeah, that, that's lame, dude. But here's one last word. So here's a word picture of how you, we struggle, apparently, to listen to our wives. One of our wives... Posted this on my social media post. This is me talking to my husband is like talking to a wall Can I get any sister friends that totally relate to this pray for BJ? Anyway, and so this morning uh, We just wanted to help you guys out with this. So today in the text Jesus is going to talk about the importance of hearing from God and now here's the sermon title this morning be careful Be careful, ladies and gentlemen, to hear from God. God wants to speak into our lives, and what he's really wanting us to do is to put the value of being able to hear from God as he speaks to us. Uh, When people, in Jesus' day, and he's going to tell a story, and so let me set up the text before we read it this morning. And Jesus is going to tell a story, and and, um, in his day, At this point, he's in the Galilee, Caesarea area. And so when he comes, people would gather around him. And they would want to hear him teach. But then they also wanted to see him do miracles. And he was healing many people early on in his ministry. And so basically, Jesus gets frustrated. And he feels like he's more like a dog and pony show. People want to come and see the miracles, they want to hear profound truths about God. The problem is, Lynn, they're not going out and doing anything with it to change their lives. They're hearing and seeing, but they're not doing with it. So Jesus begins to speak in parables, Christy, because he's saying, if you all are not going to listen and do this, then I'm going to talk in a way that only those that want to get it will get it, And forget the rest of y'all. I'm going to make it confusing. Wow, that doesn't sound very nice. Well, I'm just telling you, here's what Jesus is. He's trying to tell the story, and he gives a parable. And here's what his parable would be. He would say to the people, we're going to read through the details of it here in a second, but I want you to visualize it as we read it because I think it'll be much more profound. Jesus is going to tell the story of a farmer now, all those that were in the Galilee region understood exactly what he was talking about. And even those of you that are not farmers here today, those of you that plant your little gardens and, you know, and all that stuff, and then a couple of you guys that are farmers are going to relate to this this morning, and I need everybody to get this visual. So in those days, everybody in his audience understood this. You would plow your little area of land. <clears throat> you would do that before the rainy season because you wanted the soil to be dug up to get good and moist so that the seed would be able to take root. That would be the good soil. But as you were sowing your seed, you would take a cloth, uh, basically like a sack, and it would be wrapped around your shoulder, and you would reach in that that cloth sack filled with seed, and you would take it and you would scatter it over the ground. And now we're going to see in the text that when you would begin, and Jesus tells the story, everybody in the audience totally got this is you would begin, and if you've ever done any farming, you know that you go up and down the row. When, when you come back to the end of the row, you turn, and that would trample down some of the seed. And if you ever farmed, you know that at the end of the row, when you turn to go back down, that area never grows the, 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 the crop very well because it's been run over by the tractor, or in this case, the guy. Then also as you walked, and in, and in that culture in that time, if you've ever been to Israel and have had the privilege to be there, In that area, it's a little better, but around Jerusalem, it is just straight-up limestone. And the ground is hard as a brick bat. I mean, it is just—and so even when you've plowed it up and the rains come, it just forms back into big old clods. And they would have to, uh, what we used to do, Alan, is, is we would have a. Um, I can't think of the thing, I, had it, I knew it in my mind, but it was like a rake that we'd go back over the ground to break it up. And I don't think they use them anymore, but basically you had to go back up because the ground would be so hard that birds would come and they would snatch the seed or just dry up in the sun and never take root. And then finally, if you were sowing seed, In those days and times, and if you've ever done any gardening or farming, you know that by the fence row, by the edge of your property, that's where the weeds are at. That's where all the grass is at. And the seed never gets a chance to make it because the weeds and the grass choke it all out, and it keeps it from doing well. And so Jesus just drops this story on them, and they're like, what? And then he says this, he... Who has ears to hear, let him hear. And I know that if you've been in church very long at all, you've heard a sermon back in the day on the parable of the sower. And you've heard it probably by a missionary, or when you're getting ready to do an Easter campaign, and the preacher talked about the need to sow the seed. And while there is a valid connotation to that, is the more I really dug into this passage, it really isn't about that. The passage is about hearing from God. It's about listening and having a heart that is prepared, the soil of your heart prepared, to hear what God is saying to you from the Word in both a sermon and in your hear journals. And that's what the message is really about. He who has ears, let him hear the Word of God and then apply it. In other words, Jesus is saying, I'm tired of preaching to you all, and you're not doing anything with it. I need you to develop a heart, a heart that is tender to the Word of God. Would you guys like to have that heart? Then let Jesus tell you how to do it. Would you stand with me this morning? And he's going to tell us exactly that. And when a great crowd was gathering, the people of the town after, uh, after town came to him. He said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed, and he sowed, and some fell among the path, and he was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured. And some fell on the rock, and some grew, grew it up and weathered away, because it had, no, it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil, and it grew, and it yielded a hundredfold. And he said these things, and he called out, He who has ears to hear, Let him hear. And when the disciples asked him what the parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But what did Jesus say? But for others they are parables, so that they seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. What I just explained to y'all. Now the parable is this: the seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard it. Then the devil, and I need you to circle that in your Bibles this morning or highlight it in your on your e-bibles, but here's the thing: the devil comes. And takes away the word from their hearts. Because that's where we're going to land at uh, this morning in most of our message. So that they may not believe and be saved. And on the ones uh, on the rock and those those who heard the word receive it with joy. But those who have no root, they believe it for a while. In the time of testing, they fall away. And for what fell among the thorns of those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and the riches and pleasures of life. And their fruit does not mature. And for the good soil, those that... They are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast and honest, in a good heart, and bear fruit with patience. And we're going to end with that. But now he shifts gears, and he tells another story. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar, puts it under a bed. Remember? This little light of mine. Okay. Uh, But it puts it on a stand. And so those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that, that, that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not come to light. Now, we've all heard that. Every missionary, every preacher has told you guys, let your little light shine. You know, Okay, got it? But what you've never heard is the next verse. Because even this is not about letting your light shine. It's about hearing. Notice what he says in verse 18. The same thought. Take care then how you hear. For to the one who has more will be given what in the world does that mean we're going to cover it from the one who has not even when he thinks that he has will be taken away now it gets crazy in here for us southern folks then his mother and his brothers came to him but they could not and you've never heard this one ever preached on either they could not reach him because of the crowd and he was told your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you so you know what you're supposed to do in the south oh let mama in Now Jesus, he answered them, "My mother, my brothers, are those who hear the word of God and do it." Dang, drop the mic. This is going to be different. You may be seated. Uh, So the whole text is about hearing from God. It's not sort of what we've preached about all these years. The disciples are like some of you all at Connect Church. They're a little slow amen You got it grant lee all right uh and so they're a little slow and they're struggling to hear all this stuff and uh, they didn't immediately understand the parable so jesus interprets for them and um it's, it's like so we, we took a couple out Thursday night, a new family coming to our church, and uh, they just heard the message last Sunday on how that God wants is, is, wants us to have our doubts and faith together. And they were just like, we've never heard that before. We can't wait for you to take us out whenever you get to us. We need a meeting this week. And so we took them out, and they, we're sitting across the table, and we're just sharing, and they've been sort of really wounded in a situation in churches that they've been to. And so like many of you, and so they're just telling us that, you know, their story, and they're saying, man, we— uh, and I love this and so we got through all that and the guy just looked at me, and he said, Now I just gotta tell you, straight up man, I'm a mechanic. I'm not complicated. If you want me to come paint church, tell me, paint church. You got uh, something that needs to be clean? You tell me it needs to be clean. Don't be speaking to none of them parables. You need something done. Just tell me. Uh, and, and I was like, that's good. I like that guy. Uh, because he just said, I need you to speak plainly. And, and, and sort of, uh, I think that's where we find ourselves at this morning, is Jesus is saying, I want to speak plainly and to those that want to hear. Here's what Dr. Charles Swindoll says about the parable from Jesus. He didn't set out to frustrate ears eager to hear, but he used the parables to make his teaching less interesting to those not genuinely interested. Here's the thing about God's word. You've got to work to hear it. I don't know if you've ever, you hear me this morning? You've got to work to hear the word of God. You've got to turn your ear towards God's word, you've got to train your appetite for God's word, and you've got to learn to concentrate on it. In other words, you've got to set a time that my John Brown backside is going to go to church on Sunday, not because I'm checking the religious box off to do it, not because I'm just not in the mood. You know, I don't know if the music, you know what, I'll just watch it on TV. No, 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 no. You need to have your backside in his house and in his presence, whether you're in Missouri with Alan and their house full this morning and watching our satellite church or here, because here's what happens in the house. The Holy Spirit moves in the service, in this context, around other people. And you learn more, and you hear the Word of God. It's not about you being entertained and watching a music show or watching me. It is about you developing an attitude and a heart that says, I need to hear from God today. Are you with me this morning? I need a word from God today. I've been through hell this week. My job, my situation, my marriage is on the ropes. Uh, My kids are going crazy. I have sinned against God this week. What you all need is to quit allowing excuses. I don't care what the excuse is. Some of you all have not been, and I know I'm talking to you all, haven't been in church in weeks. I'm talking about in the building where you're listening to God speak to you. You cannot sit around and go and serve in nursery, do anything else, and not hear from the word of God. We have two John Brown services. Get your backside in one of them and let God speak to you. It's the word of God, it's not me. You need daily to have the discipline. You know what, I don't care what's going on, I need daily to do a hear journal. And let God speak to me because I need his help today. Y'all going to hear about how that changes your life here in just a minute. And true testimonies from your own people. But you know, we don't do this well. We don't focus. And if you're not focused on listening well, you're going to keep making stupid mistakes. You're going to continue to have the same sorry attitude because you're not hearing God speak. You're just, yo. you're hearing it and you're listening maybe during the week. It's not the same. You need to daily listen to God because here's what happens. You won't get things right if you don't discipline yourself with an attitude and a desire to, to pray and hear from God. Let me ask you something this morning. Did any of you all pray last night or this morning for God to speak to you in this service today? Don't raise your hands because I don't want to get mad and embarrassed and I'll just come off, you know, and preach at you for another hour. How little do we prepare the soil of our hearts? And you wonder, and I get so ticked at people saying this. Well, I just didn't feel like I got fed at Connect Church today. I want to throat punch you. In Jesus' name. I'm so sick of hearing that. Maybe if you prepared your heart and said, God, you know what? I screwed up this week. On Saturday night, I'm going to pray. I know the preacher can't preach worth a lick. I know that I don't like everything that goes on in the music. I know I don't like this or whatever. But you know what? I know all I know is that God's moving at Connect Church. Lives are being changed. He is growing that place. And if you're speaking, I want to listen. wonder why you're not hearing Is because you're not asking God to prepare the soil of your heart and then you go out and you keep making the same stupid decisions that continue to frustrate your life and you get mad at me and everybody else because you're not hearing from God you're only coming to hear what you want to hear let me illustrate to you this way Uh, whenever I was growing up as a teenager I was like some of you all and I was stupid half stupid some of y'all are whole anyway and uh, love you, and uh, my mama would tell us. And I grew up in the country, and I'm talking about in the country. I'm talking about when I moved here in the area. I'm talking about in a Wama country where we didn't have waste management. Where's Mark at? Uh, we didn't have ma- waste management coming by with their fancy trucks and picking up our garbage. We had a burn barrel. You know, what I'm talking about you. Some of y'all remember it. We had a burn barrel, and so. Mama tell me to take out the trash, and I loved the burn barrel, because I got to play with matches. <laughs> uh, and it was, it was legal. Uh, and so, uh, could you imagine me? So it was just like i do with the whole box. Anyway, uh, and so I'd take out the trash and put it in the burn barrel, and baby, I'd light that sucker up. And I mean, poof, you know, uh, and it was cool. You know, don't use gasoline. Anyway, I, and, so, uh, and so I loved putting the trash in the burn barrel and i come inside man i this day i mean i had that thing the flames were shooting out of there it was awesome i mean they it was like like a rocket i come in i was proud of myself and old mama looked at me and she said terry where is my kitchen trash can oh dang i took the trash out in the plastic kitchen trash can and just threw it all in there and lit it all up uh, and so I'm like whoa and so I go tearing out to the burn barrel and I mean like you know I'm trying to get you know my hairs off the off my head that's why I got mom and anyway and so I'm trying to get over there and sure enough the plastic kitchen can dude that thing melted <laughs> I mean it burned like crazy uh, it was lit up and so I go back in and go mama we, we're gonna have to get a new one she goes, you. Well, never mind. Anyway, uh, and so I got a beaten in my life. Uh, but and what I'm saying is, is this: is I heard my mama tell me to take out the trash. You ever tell there was 18 kids, Daniel? Some. Uh, I heard my mama tell me to take out the trash, but I didn't listen and do it right. And that's what some of y'all are doing by not getting the soil ready for God to speak into your lives. Y'all are hearing what I'm saying, but y'all are not doing it right because you're not listening for God. And what we do at Connect Church is not about us. We need you all to hear from God. And what you all want is entertainment. The same couple told us Thursday night, they said, honestly, we're tired of going to church and being entertained. And now I'm gonna say something controversial, (laughs) what's new. And the deacons are gonna probably have a meeting but I can live with it. But they're not, because they're awesome. I'm not looking to have a big church. Let me say it again. I have not one iota care to have a big church. Because if I've got to entertain you all, and we've got to put on a show to get you all to come to church, I'm going to be gone soon, and I have no desire to put on a show for you guys every Sunday. What I want to do is pray over you by every single name, and I did this week. I want you all to hear from God, because the stuff going on in your marriage in your teenage high school years, and everything else with your kids, is you need him. You need a word from God to help you get through your life. Enough entertainment, enough of show. What we need is to hear the word of God and do it. If you're interested in learning how to develop your heart to hear from God, get out your notes I'm going to wrap this sermon up this morning and from the text today we're going to take away three important principles about how to properly hear from God number one hearing from God involves spiritual warfare it involves spiritual warfare the devil is mentioned in verse 12 his demons are real The devil loves to snatch the word of God from your heart and he is the master at manipulating you and getting you to make poor decisions when it comes to listening to God. Now, let me say this again this morning. You have to understand, this is the reason why you need to be paying attention in the house, in the building, every week because the devil is going to distract you. If you can't put your phone down for 10 minutes, you cannot Just simply watch everything else that's going on around you. I'm telling you, listen to me this morning, look at me. The devil is doing his best to manipulate you and snatch the Word of God from you. That's why you need to be present. That's why we're praying for the folks in Missouri this morning, in the house, around each other, because we need to be around one another where we're hearing the Word of God, we're sharing the Word of God together, and that way, I'm just telling you, the devil is snatching the truths that you need to be in his presence, in his spirit. It's spiritual warfare. It's spiritual warfare. And the truth is, I know we've preached this sermon so much about soul winning, but it's really about our s- the soils of our heart being prepared to receive the word of God on Sunday. I've prayed up. I'm coming in expecting God to do something. Let me look look at me. How many of you prayed that simple prayer? How many of you would just get up and come to an 8.30 prayer meeting or a a 10 o'clock prayer meeting at room 109 and just say, God, I'm expecting you to speak to me. I'm double-dog daring you to make that a new change in your life. The good soil is where we fight the spiritual warfare of the enemy. Here's what it's like. Let me give you an illustration. We win the spiritual war of hearing. Write this down. When we hold on to the word, like a soldier trained never to lose or surrender his weapon. You realize this morning that Zelensky in Ukraine is taking ordinary citizens like you and I, people that have never handled rifles and military guns, and they're training them how to hold the guns, how to load the guns, and how to take and defend their homeland, incredible and you know what rule number one is don't you Chris that when they take ordinary citizens and arm them they're telling them your life depends on you holding on to that gun you need to know how to fire it you need to know how to use it literally your life and liberty and freedom depend on you using that gun properly I've got my concealed carry. It's not right now with me, so don't run out of the room. But anyway, uh, when I went through the concealed carry classes, the thing I loved about that is they taught you number one, real number one. Your gun is never going to do you a dime's worth of good. You can buy the best gun, you can have the Glock, you can have whatever you like in your gun choices, and that gun's not going to do you one dime's worth of good if you don't have it on you. Any security people, any policemen in the room today know that it's a matter of being present with the weapon that when you need it, it's there. Now look at me this morning. How ridiculously stupid is it that we walk around in our lives, we don't show up to church but once every month, we don't sit in the services even when we do come, and we're not hearing the word of God, and then you wonder why the devil is robbing your joy. You wonder why you're not happy in your life, and you're mad at me and other people in the church. The reason is, is because you're not listening to God. The weapon's not with you. The word of God is what gives you victory and hope and confession of your own sin. You can't see the giant logs coming out of your eye because you're not in here to hear the word of God. Yeah, we're getting quiet. It's your weapon against the enemy. Why would you go to school? Why would you go to work without disciplining yourself, saying, I'm not about to go face the enemy, the devil, at my work, and my school all day long unless I've got the Word of God with me. Y'all still here? And you wonder, why you're mad at work, while you're unhappy, and all you do is come home, and you've got a sorry attitude. I don't like this about the church. Somebody offended me. Well, stop worrying about all the stupid stuff and get yourself into where you're hearing from God's Word. And it don't matter. You don't care. The Word of God. It's a spiritual warfare. We don't receive the word to justify ourselves. We don't cut out the difficult parts. We don't pick and choose what we believe. We receive it with a good heart and an intention to do good and to believe what is taught. Here's the game changer. You don't pick and choose what you like out of the Bible. It's all of it. You need all of it. And that means on the Sunday sermon where you looked at it and go, I just don't think I need that. Who in the world are you to decide what God needs to speak into your life? This is why we do D groups. This is why you need to join a connect group. Do you know what's going to happen in our connect groups tonight? They're going to sit around one another and they're going to discuss the word of God and apply it. This is why we want you to pick up a here journal, because what we've been missing all of these years is we just went to Sunday school, and we meant well, but we got the head knowledge, but what we didn't do is take it home and say, so how does this affect the way I treat my husband, the way I treat my kids? How How does this affect the way I respond to my parents? We didn't apply it. Folks, discipleship you need to join a d group you need to start a discipleship group because the word of god will change you you don't believe me listen to these three guys as they tell you people in this church who are getting into the word of god and letting the word of god speak to them this is their testimony <clears throat> Amen. Number two, the more we hear, the more we receive from God. And I know we've heard the old story about let your light shine. But I really want us to understand and focus what Jesus is not really talking about that the way we've used it so much. It has that application. But in verse 18, he says, take care then how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given. And now here's the significance of that. Ladies and gentlemen, the letting the light shine is... He's saying the more you take in the Word of God, you need to talk about it. He says the more you talk about the Word of God and what God is speaking into your life, when you do what these three guys did, the more he's going to give to you, the more light will go out. He's saying the reason some of y'all are frustrated is because you're not getting in a D group and talking about how to apply the Word of God. And then when you talk about what the Word of God tonight in Connect Graves, that's what one of the parts you're going to do tonight is you're just going to, everybody in the group's going to share, this is what God's saying into me in my life. This is where I'm not listening to God, whatever it is, confession, admission, or praise. But folks, the more we talk about it, the more God gives us. In other words, if you ain't talking about the Word of God, he's going to take it away it's in the text it's not me we've got to listen and hear the word of god and then we let our light shine number three hearing from god changes your loyalties now this gets really crazy as we wrap all this up so what happens in the end of the chapter or end of this paragraph is the disciples come up to jesus and they say to him mama's in the house Your brothers are outside, and they want to talk to you. And you all know what we do in the South, don't you? Well, Mama's here, you know, we've got to put her in there and give her a front row seat, because that's Mama, and that's, you know, that's family. That's my family. And Jesus just blows our whole Southern culture out of the water. He says to everybody publicly, and he wasn't being disrespectful, but he was saying, to those who hear my words because it's all about hearing from God. Do you know that God's more important than your family? Y'all still here? God is more important than your family. And he says, I'm giving you liberty right now to know that if you're gonna hear from God, sometimes your family's gonna disagree. You choose God. You come anyway. God is more important than even my family. I'm going to choose to put him first. And here's what God will do for you when you do that. Listen to, I think this is what he's saying. Over the past 30 years, and some of you would have a heart attack, but over the last 30 years, I've lived anywhere from five to 11 hours away from my mom and dad. And it is a very difficult season that i'm walking through both my parents have dementia we're doing caregivers and homes and and it's just a nightmare i'm driving about every month to go back and try to help my brother and sister-in-law who's doing a great job with my parents but it's a tough season james all of my life i've lived that far closest i've ever been is five hours from my mama i've got two sons who live 10 11 hours away one of them and the other one lives three and a half hours away And more importantly, I don't even care about that, but my grandchildren live that far away. Flip on Aaron and Adam. Matthew and Parker is where it's at. And the truth of the matter is, it's good. Because they're serving God. They're following God where they're at. I've missed not living maybe next door in the same town as you all do with my mom and dad. But you know what God has given me instead? I have a great relationship. I have just as good, if not better, relationship with my mom and my dad and my kids than what any of you all do who live right next door and fight like cats and dogs over stupid stuff. I don't have to put up with that. And you know what God has given me instead? He's given me grandparents over the last 20 years in this church who poured into Belen and I The older generation of this church, when we were young, we were once, and we had three little kids. They helped us raise our three boys in this church. God gave us multiple parents. He gave us multiple grandparents like his mama who loved her preacher and poured in and prayed for her preacher. So many people have loved Blinn and I. I have multiple parents. And you know what I have today? i got all kinds of sons and daughters that are sitting in this room this morning. I've got all kinds of your grandkids. I love your babies and all of your kids. Uh, you can bring them over anytime. Make sure you come get them. But I love having all of these family men. You know what you guys have become for me? You have become family. And I think that's what Jesus was saying. Matter of fact, truth be told, I really like some of y'all better than my family. And I think that's what Jesus was saying. When we hear the Word of God, it changes our loyalties that we realize we need each other. Start a D group, join a small group, come to Connect Church where we're family. We hear the Word of God. A heart, a healthy heart, clings to God's Word. It beats fast for Him and responds to Him. I think that's what Jesus was saying in this text is a summary point. You know, um, I was reading in my Here journal this week, and um, I'm, I'm doing through the Bible in two years, so I'm in Exodus. And I'm reading along with our church here journal. And by the way, if you're not doing that, pick up your here journal. Tanner's got the new edition. Now's a great time for you to pick it up at guest services desk on the back side of the little paper that tells you your daily Bible readings that the majority of our church is reading through together. It tells you how to do a here journal. You can go by the journal across the way uh, at the bookstore. Get that started today. Now's today's a great day to start this where you choose To hear the Word of God you choose and so I'm reading in Exodus and I'm doing my here eternal and I'm in this story and you know how boring the Exodus and Leviticus honestly gets and I'm in those chapters Josh where he's telling about uh, Moses here's what I want you to do with the tabernacle I want you to build an Ark of the Covenant and it's gonna have all this gold and for pages it goes on and and it just tells us you need gold here and you're gonna have you know this angel and it's gonna have this diamond there and and then he tells about the robe and I mean the veil and he tells what cloth it has to use and he just goes into all of this sort of detail of all of this beauty and gold, and, and how to build all this stuff and, and you got to ask Ask yourself, why is he doing all that? Because he's trying to tell the Israelites, you realize inside of this tabernacle, in this holy place, is so sacred and it is so invaluable. This is where you get your sins forgiven. So man, I'm telling you, it's gold. It is worth the most precious stuff on the planet because here, inside this holy place, is where your sins are forgiven and it is valuable. And I am going, that's cool, bro, I get that. But then I'm reading with, along with you guys in Romans this week, Mark. And then I come to Romans, and it says to us that you realize, and Paul's making the argument to the Romans, y'all need to quit trying to go back to Judaism and the Old Testament tabernacle. Because don't you realize that the most priceless precious gift of all time. His name is Jesus Christ and he came and he's better than the Ark of the Covenant. He's more precious than the gold uh, within the Holy of Holies. He is more glorious than the veil in the temple that was torn in two. Jesus is worthy and valued because he's God's son and because of Jesus my sins are forgiven. I am no longer a slave to sin. I am covered in his righteousness and that is value, and it's all because of Jesus. It's all because of Jesus. The Word of God is just trying to tell you how valuable Jesus is and what he can do to change your life. Will you hear? Will you hear what he has to say? Shall we stand? Heavenly Father, we pray today, if there's one here that doesn't know you, they would come this morning, and they would choose to follow Jesus there are folks that are here this morning that have been allowing all the other excuses, all the other habits and choices to not hear from you. Today, Father, is the day that we settle it. I'm going to get back into the choosing to do my here journals. I want to hear from God. I need to be prepared for the enemy. And God, today I come and rededicate my life to knowing and longing to have a healthy heart healthy heart of soil that you can grow, me in. If you need to come today, as we sing a verse of invitation, would you come? Thank you for listening to the Sermon Playback Podcast from Connect Church in Tupelo, Mississippi. Connect Church has two worship services on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 1030. We sincerely hope you'll visit. For more information and details, or if you have any questions you'd like answered, please visit our website at www.triconnect.church. Again, that's www.triconnect.church.